Today on this episode of The Crossover, we will be discussing from D2 to the NBA, Never Stop Dreaming, with Miami Heat forward, Haywood Highsmith. Find out how this former Division II Player of the Year overcame the odds and never gave up on playing in the NBA. Much more on this episode of The Crossover. Well, good afternoon, everyone. We have the pleasure of speaking with Haywood Highsmith today. He is, of course, the Miami Heat forward who played a key role in last year's unexpected run to the NBA Finals. Hay was born in Baltimore and played college basketball for Wheeling Jesuit University, where he was named D2 Player of the Year in 2018. After not being selected in the NBA draft, Hay began his career with the Delaware Bluecoats of the G League. Late in 2018, Hay made his NBA debut with the, with the 76ers. In later years, Hay played in multiple stints with the Bluecoats and the Merlins of the German basketball Bundesliga. Most recently, in February of 2022, Hay signed a three-year contract with the Miami Heat, and the rest is history. Very excited to talk to him today about from D2 to the NBA, never stop dreaming. Hey, super pumped to talk to you today, man. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you for having me. Let's just, let's jump into just the sheer numbers. Over 5,000 individuals have played in, have played in the NBA over 76 year history, but only about a hundred of these have been from D2. So you're talking about less than 2% chance of playing in the NBA. Knowing this, what was your mentality in college? Yeah, so for me, um, I mean, I went to a smaller school, a Division II school. Um, the NBA wasn't in my eyes. It wasn't, you know, I didn't really see, see it coming, you know, as far as how it came. Um, you know, I just try to get better each year. I was at my school, my Division II school, try to improve my game in different ways. And, um, you know, it kind of worked out for the best. Um, each year I got better. Each year I started to develop more into a professional basketball player, you know, and then, um, you know, when it was time to make that choice to go professionally, you know, we could have took some different routes, could have went overseas first, could have tried, you know, some other things. Um, but, you know, it is hard to get to the NBA from Division Two for sure. I was Division Two player of the year, All-American, and I didn't get really any NBA interest at first. You know, I had to kind of use some connections, people I knew, and get my foot in the door. And once I got my foot in the door, um, you know, I just had to keep going and keep proving myself because, um, you know, people always going to look at me differently. You know, I wasn't, I didn't go to a big time school. I wasn't at these, um, you know, big universities. So, um, you know, my journey was just different and I just, and I battled and just fought hard for everything I got. What was your biggest motivator? <sighs> um, I think I was just, I wasn't, I think, I don't think I was trying to prove anything to anybody. I was just trying to prove to myself that I can do this, you know, um, ever since I was little, you know, I loved basketball. I loved it a lot. Um, sometimes I didn't work as hard as I should have. I was kind of lazy or something like that. But um, once I got to college, you know, I really started to apply that pressure and, like, put the the extra hours and the extra time in and really, like, make basketball, like, you know, basketball is my life, you know, really put the work in. And um, I just wanted to – I didn't really have any motivation. I was just – I just learned how to work hard, and I wanted to prove to myself, you know, that I could do this. And, um, you know, I had a lot of support. So it was um, – you know, it wasn't hard for me to just keep going and keep working. Now, let's talk about the 2018 NBA draft. 
were you expecting to be drafted? Was there disappointment? Was there any emotions involved with that draft? Nah, I knew I wasn't going to get drafted. Um, I mean, it's very rare for a Division II player to get drafted, um, even if you're, like, you know, the best or whatever. It's very rare. So I knew I wasn't going to get drafted. I didn't even watch the draft. I wasn't disappointed at all. Um, I knew what it was. And I knew I would have to get it, you know, get there the hard way or get it out the mud. Now, did you ever give up your dream of playing in the NBA? Like, maybe this ain't happening. Was that like, did that ever cross your mind? Um, I mean, at times, I would say for sure, I could see, um, you know, things got harder, things got tougher. Um, what's my call? Oh, okay, I'm back. Okay, as things got tougher, things got harder. Um, I definitely, you know, started to, you know, have some type of. I can get why would you Jesus. I'm so sorry. I'm on my That's phone. Right. Somebody was calling me. I'm so sorry. I got you. No problem. Put my phone on do not disturb. I'm so sorry. All good. Can you hear me? Yep, absolutely. I can't really hear you though, hold up. Oh. No? Bro. How about now? Can you hear me? I can see you. Can you see me? I can see you. You there? Let me. All right, I'm sorry. I'm oh, back. all I'm good. Back. All good. Hi. My father called me because one of my family members died. He just texted me. I was it was a older relative, not you know, not another person. It's cool. I'll call, I'll do that after this. But um, for me. Um, definitely, you know, uh, it's ups and downs throughout this journey trying to get to the NBA. Not everybody gets here. It's like point, whatever percent. Um, so, you know, sometimes you do have doubts. Sometimes you do think, you know, maybe it's not for me. Maybe I need to try something else, something like that. But, um, you know, I just, I just stay with it and just, you know, control what I control and just put my head down and work hard. Now, let's talk about that transition from D2 to the NBA. How tough was that switch? Yeah, for sure. The game is very different. Um, better players, obviously, more skilled, bigger players. Game is faster. Um, so for me, you know, I definitely had to, you know, kind of adjust. You know, I had to recognize I'm not the best player on the floor every night. Obviously, it's going to be better players than me. Um, I'll be lucky if I'll be the fifth best player, the tenth best player, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But uh, to the fifth, find a role that I could fit and, um, you know, really be great at it. Um, you know, playing defense, making open shots, playing off of, not a superstar player, making them better or, you know, doing a little thing, stuff like that. So um, definitely had to adjust. And, um, you know, once I got, you know, got it going, it was it's pretty much, you know, just second age just to, you know, adjust. Now, let me ask you a question. Coming from D2, do you enter every game with a chip on your shoulder, proving people wrong and crushing the naysayers? Um, I mean, a little bit. I wouldn't, you know, when when – Right now, for me, um, where I'm at, you know, I represent Division II, I represent the smaller schools for sure. But for me, you know, I'm a basketball player. I'm not going to say, oh, I came from D2. You know, I'm trying to crush these guys because, you know, I put a chip on my shoulder. I always put a chip on my shoulder no matter what because I've always been underrated, always been undervalued, always been overlooked. Um, so 
I just played with an edge always. That's how I was, how I was growing up, how I was before I got to college and how I was, you know, after college now I'm in the NBA. So um, I definitely represent Division Two and our motivation for a lot of guys out there to think they can, you know, make that, you know, that that uh that jump to the NBA level or whatever. But um, you know, I I don't, you know, use that as like, oh yeah, like, you know, so yeah. Now you've probably had a lot of these, but what would you say is your single greatest success thus far? Is there one pinnacle moment in your career? Basketball career? Yep. Oh, uh, my greatest success. I would think uh, you know, when we beat Boston last last uh in the Eastern Conference Finals last year, game seven in T D Garden. Um, just a, going in that environment as a team, everybody counted us out and we did it. And, um, it was just a beautiful moment. And, um, yeah, it was probably, you know, one of the greatest, you know, greatest days, greatest games of my life. You know, st- staying on that, cause I thought that game was amazing. How did you guys maintain your mental fortitude having lost that huge lead that you guys had and going into game seven, how did you guys rally as a team? We just stayed together. Um, you know, we knew the media was going to go crazy. We knew all the fans were going to go crazy. Um, but we knew what we had in that locker room. You know, we know if we just connected as one and stayed together, we could do anything. Um, it was up 3-0. They came back 3-3. And we understood that the job was just to get one more win, whatever it took. Um, you know, Coach Bo has a great way of motivating us and, you know, leading us. So um, we followed him and, um, you know, went in there and got it done. Um, so we just stay together and uh, it's a brother, it's a culture, sure. What would you say, now that's your biggest success so far. What would you say is your biggest failure or big, biggest disappointment so far in your basketball career? Uh, I guess I would say when I got the, when I first got to Philly, um, my first NBA team, um, I kind of let my foot off the, the, the gas, I would say. I got too comfortable. Um, I didn't understand that, you know, just because I just signed this contract with the Sixers or whatever, you know, it wasn't more work to be done or put in, you know, the extra work that got me there in the first place. Um, you know, I think I learned that this time around with the Heat that, you know, the object wasn't just to get back in the NBA, it was to stay and to, like, actually prove that I belong here. Because, um, you know, once you get there, the work just get started, you know. You know, you got to just keep going and never stop. So I think my greatest failure would be just getting too comfortable when I first got to Philly. And I'm um, also I got cut. So, you know, that was on me, but everything happens for a reason. Yeah. It sounds like it was like a little bit of a wake up call to kind of yeah. know that. Yeah. Just like you said, once you're there, that's when the work starts. That's not when the work ends. Um, yeah. Yeah. Who was your favorite player growing up? Uh, for me, it was kind of Kevin Durant. Um, he's from my area. I'm from Baltimore. He's from DC. It's not too far from each other. Um, used to watch him in his OKC days, Seattle days, um, go to State Warrior days, all that. So, um, yeah, for me, he's just Kevin Durant. Always been a uh, KD fan. Do you feel like you model your game after him, or is there another player that you model your game after? Yeah, I'm not the scorer KD is. He's seven feet tall, can shoot the ball from anywhere, shoots over anybody. Um, you know, he's a seven foot sniper, seven foot guard, whatever. Um, I'm about six, 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 seven. So for me, you know, I, I definitely try to add some things KD does. Like, I like his uh, left left hand has he pull. I try to add that to my game. That's kind of one of my favorite moves to do. Um, but for me, what I try to look up as for my game, I try to get defenders, you know, tough, 
Harden those guys who, um, you know, do all the little things, the scrappy things, something like that, like a P.J. Tucker, a Jay Crowder, um, you know, Patrick Beverly, just a much taller version of Patrick Beverly, like dogs like that. Now, would you say that you've had a role model during this entire journey going from D2 to the NBA? Is there someone in particular that's kind of been your role model? Uh, role model? I wouldn't say I had a role model. I just had a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of support and a lot of love from a lot of different places. Um, didn't really have a role model. My father was there for me throughout the whole process. I had an uncle that was there for me the whole process. Um, my college coach. So just a lot of group of guys who believed in me and saw what I could do. It's not really a role model. This episode is brought to you by Vitamin Water. Vitamin Water contains the optimal blend of electrolytes to fuel your day. So whether it's doing brain surgery or simply relaxing at the beach, vitamin water should be your source of hydration. Check out vitaminwater.com for more information and use promo code CROSSOVER for 20% off your first order. That's CROSSOVER for 20% off. Let's talk about the heat um, in particular. Why do you think Coach Spolstra and the heat believed in you when others didn't? Yeah, so he have a way of finding these hidden gems, finding these um, undrafted guys, and um, you know, making them, putting them on the big stage, and you know, making making the most of them. Um, you see, Max gave, you know, to those guys are getting paid this season, this off season. I'm really proud of those guys, but it just shows you that the Heat do a great job of finding guys and developing them. Um, for me, I think what stood out for me is they understood that I was defense first. You know, I'm, I'm an unselfish player. I'm not going to sit here and complain if I shoot one shot a game. I'm not going to sit here and complain if I don't touch the ball for two possessions. Um, I'm just doing whatever it takes to win. Um, you know, whether I got to guard the best player or rebound or whatever. So for me, it came with defense. And um, and they knew they could help me develop my offense more. So they just understood that and kind of put me through that system. And I'm still developing, you know, to this day. But it's definitely, you know, I've definitely gotten better being here with the Heat, um, they do a great job of, you know, developing us, um, putting us in a position where we're going to be successful and just doing a great job and just understanding, um, you know, who the best the best version of us that we could be. Now, the Heat also have a notoriously tight-knit organization. You mentioned it before, Game 7 going into Boston, that locker room really is a brotherhood and they call it Heat culture. How important has that environment been for your success? Yeah. Um, well, when I first got there, I didn't know too much about heat culture. Um, you know, I heard about it. Um, but once you once you once you get there, you really understand that, you know, it's a brotherhood. Um, and you know, they really take winning winning, they really take winning serious around her. Like, you know, they want to win at all costs. Um, it's no tanking, none of that other stuff these other main teams are doing. Um, you know, it's always about championships, it's always about you know, doing whatever it takes. Um, so, you know, when I got here, I kind of, you know, I had to get a, I kind of understood it more. I'm still understanding it now, but, um, you know, it's, it's definitely real. And, um, you know, you can't really explain it too much. You got to be in a locker room to understand it. You know, now having been in the NBA for several years and, you know, being on the heat, if you look back, what would you say are the three most important attributes for NBA success? Of any player? Good question. Um, mental stability, for sure. You know, it's going to be ups and downs. Um, mental stability. Um, 
I think uh, having the right people around you for sure. Like you know your your uh, your team, you know uh, whoever guys around you, your circle, having the right people around you, and just uh, you know just a good uh, a positive. That's a good question. The last one. So mental stability, a good circle around you, and just having that that drive and that will to be great. Um, you know, the NBA season is a long season. Um, so it's going to be ups and downs. You know, it's going to be tough stretches. It's going to be long nights, early mornings, whatever. But it's all uh, it's all it's all a part of the grind. And um, you know, at the end of the day, I wouldn't be one. I wouldn't want to be doing anything else with playing basketball for sure. Now that's great because the first thing you said was kind of mental stability. And I, this is a great question. I think it applies to really all professions. But in your opinion, what is more key to NBA success? Physical attributes and gifts or mental fortitude? That's a good question. That's a great question. Um, I definitely would say mental is more important than physical. I mean, if you're in the NBA, you're already physically, you know, fit. Let's be real. They're not going to sign anybody who's not physically fit, not in the right shape, whatever. Um, but not everybody has that mental stability. Not everybody has that, you know, that mental toughness to get through certain things that happen in this in this sport, in this profession. Um, it's not easy at all. Um, people are going to talk bad about you. They're going to talk good about you. But um, you just got to just stay the course, never get too high, never get too low. And um, just understand that, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And just keep going. Don't let nobody stop you from, uh, you know, being your best. That's a great way, I think, for anyone in general, succeeding, whether it's MBA, being a doctor, a lawyer, a business person, doesn't matter. You got to be able to have that drive and that work ethic. And I think you've been a, just an amazing example of that. What are your personal goals for this upcoming season? Yeah, for me, um, definitely want to play more, more minutes, uh, you know, make more impact with the team, you know, whether it's defense, scoring, rebounding, whatever. And, um, you know, always, I mean, personally, I'll, I mean, personally, you know, that's my kind of goal is play more, get more shots, get more opportunity, you know, get more, you know, time, you know, team-wise, that's the championship. You know, we always, like I said, the Heat always about championships. So that's, you know, that's the number one rule, number one goal for us. But, uh, yeah, just for me, just continue to get better, um, continue to develop my jump shot. You know, it's, it's looking good today. It was, it's looking good this offseason so far. So just keep going with that and uh, just, uh, you know, Keep taking every opportunity and uh, keep playing hard. What is your off-season regimen, kind of like day to day? Are you up super early at the gym, uh, you know, on the courts, practicing five days a week, seven days a week? Take us through that. Yeah, um, pretty intense. Um, I've been lifting five days a week at like 10, 10.30. Sometimes I do basketball before that, 8 a.m., 7 a.m., or I do basketball after that, like 12, 1 o'clock. Um, just depends on the day. Um, so I usually live basketball, recover, you know, get my body right, um, eat good I try to eat good food out like a chef who's cooking me some good meals, trying to take care of my body, be in the best shape possible, um, and then just come home and spend time with my family. That's pretty much it. So I got pretty much a full day, a lot of days. Yeah, I mean that's I think that's a great learning point because there is no off season, right? It basically yeah. during the season you're grinding and during the off season you're grinding as well. So I think that's that's a great example for for anyone out there. And you know, final question: What would you say to any young men or women out there that want to be the next Hey Highsmith? Um, my first thing I'd probably say is 
you know, put the work in first and foremost. Um, if you want to make it to this level, this profession, you know, the hard work has to come first and it can't be, you know, it can't be day. It can't be, all oh, I'm going to do this, that. No, it has to be every day. I mean, but you need rest days as well, but you, it has to be, you know, it has to be locked in for sure. Um, you know, control what you can control. Don't, don't look at somebody else's journey and think it's going to happen as quick as, you know, quick as theirs. Don't look at my journey and think, oh, I'm going to have the same exact story as, hey, no, that's not, I mean, it's usually not how it works. You know, you got to go through some things to get to get to where you want to go. You got to go ups and downs. It's going to be bumps. Um, but just stay the course and, uh, you know, just keep keep going. Don't give up. Because, um, you know, at the end of the day, you never know how close you are to where you want to be. What a terrific message to anyone out there. And I think you're such a great example of someone who had a vision, never gave up. You're obviously physically gifted, but I think what separates you from other players coming out of D2 is your mental fortitude. The fact that you worked your way up, you're on one of the best NBA teams in the world. Um, and good luck this coming season, man. I've been watching you and the fact that your role is growing and growing and, and you're part of that heat culture. Uh, it's, it's, it's impressive and you should be very proud of what you've accomplished. Appreciate that. Appreciate that for sure. Doc. Appreciate it. Well, have a great weekend, my man. Good talking. You too. To you.